Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much. Wow. You know what? This is our church. This is our church. Absolutely amazing. You know what? I just feel like I just want to give a clap offering to God for everything He's doing for us this morning. You are awesome, Lord. You are awesome. We give you praise. You are good. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you. You may be seated. What a joy it is to be together. Um, already uh, somebody was telling me a story this morning of uh, two people who didn't know they went to the same church. They knew each other but didn't realize they went to the same church. And uh, I love that. I absolutely love that. Uh, and there's probably a few more uh, people who haven't seen uh, others for years and, and all that. But it's just great. It's great to be together. Home is where the heart is. That is our theme over the next four weeks. And essentially, you know, it's, uh, you know, home is where the heart is, essentially is that we make home wherever we are. <laughs> wherever we are. We, we are not tied into a geographical location because we are the church. And it's us that make it home. And, uh, and so I love that. We're going to be looking at uh, four topics over the next four weeks today, as you have heard already, and uh, 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 through Tando and Gideon, and I thought, wow, we saw another side of Tando there. Right. Now, right. that is like, wow, uh, Gideon, we just need to pray for him. <laughs> but uh, this week is uh, at the heart, and then with my whole heart, next week, heart for the home, and take courage, dear heart on the last week. So we're going to be uh, looking at the heart, and I just, um, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a smorgasbord of, of, of things that I'm just going to, I'm going to put out, and I know that God is going to use elements of what we share today, and, uh, and I'm believing that everybody is going to leave with something. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're going to leave with something. You're going to leave with something. Amen. So, at the heart, when you, when you talk about getting to the heart of the issue, you're talking about getting to the real issue. It's the essence. It's the, the crux. It's the no banter zone. It's the, it's, it's the real deal. And uh, <clears throat> that's what we are believing for God to do in us over these next weeks. And uh, I don't know why God uses different environments or uh, different things. He knows, he knows us. He knows our humanity. He, he gives us pictures. He, he gives us things to relate to. He, he, puts us, he, he does physical things to introduce us to spiritual truths. That's why we have baptism. That's why we have the breaking of bread and the taking of the cup. They are they're physical things, but they point to a spiritual truth. They point to a spiritual reality. When the Bible talks about your heart, it's not usually talking about your physical blood-pumping heart. But today, for the sake of illustration, I am going to refer to both. Proverbs 4.23 says this. It says, above all else, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do 
flows from it. I, I, I find this very powerful. In the, in the original language, um, I just had never seen this before. In the original language, contained within this scripture is the concept of borders. The board, it, it is, it, it's the concept of limits. So when it says above our, uh, our house, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. There is the concept within that that the condition of your heart will determine the borders of your life. I don't know about you, but I find that a really powerful thought. And also a little bit scary. A little bit scary because we can sometimes look at the conditions around our life. We can, we can talk about external things and believe that those things can be the, the, the limiting factor or not. But the truth is, our own hearts set the borders of our life. The condition of your heart literally determines how far your life can go. You see, you can, you can hide yourself. Maybe, maybe we, I don't know, maybe we've not really met the real you, you know? The, 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 thing, the, thing, the thing is uh, that the me under pressure is me. You know, like we can keep it together most of the time, but when the pressure comes on, we, we find ourselves unable to keep back the things that, 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 that are really there. And, and me under pressure is me. It's, that, that is the truth, the truth that exposed. Jesus said it this way. He said in Luke 6, 44 to 45, he says, he said this, each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn brush, uh, bushes or grapes from briars. Good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. But an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Wow. Wow. So the thing is, our heart is really, really important. That is what God wants us to understand. It will always give us away for better or for worse. Mentioned it a couple of times now, but and not to dwell on it too much, but for the sake of illustration. So it's no secret um, that there was a season uh, back in South Africa that Lynette and I went through a little bit of a, a tough time. And, and the, the reality is, you know, we were putting a brave face on it, but we were hurting, both of us. We, we, were, we were disappointed. And there was a couple who said, you know what, we'd love to take you out for dinner and, and they created an environment in which we could be vulnerable and we could share our heart. I remember Lynette shed a tear and they said some kind words and they said they were going to be with us. And around that same time, I had a phone call from somebody in quite a harsh way and said, you know, don't worry about it. You know what? It'll soon pass. In a year or two, you won't even be thinking about it. That was it. That was their contribution. And, and like, you know, if I tell you that there was the harsh phone call and then the nice meal with the kind words, which would you think that we preferred? 
You know, it was, it's like, it's not uh, like too difficult to work that out. But what if I told you that the couple who took us to dinner, it was the last time we saw them. And they, they, they actually joined the people who had been treating us badly. And the phone call person, well, they were actually spot on. You see, it's not just what happens to us or just what's said. It's the heart from which it comes. That is the important thing. And that's why the Bible says we must guard our heart. Because if, if we allow our heart to become wounded, it influences everything to do with our life. Thankfully, Psalm 147 says that he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. I was thinking about that, and you know, God heals and God binds. I mean, that's a very precious picture. But whilst God binds our wounds, we have got a responsibility to keep our wounds clean. Some years ago, I, I do run um, occasionally, and uh, I went through a phase uh, uh, back in Cape Town of running with our dog, Oscar. We had a big, bold, beautiful, golden Labrador who uh, was very bright and very naughty, but that's another preach for another day. And I decided, you know what, it's a good thing, kill two birds with one stone, go running with the dog. You don't have to walk it as well because he used to love long walks. So I went running with the dog, and the stupid dog, God bless it, uh, uh, ran, ran in front of me and, and, and tripped me up and then kept running. So I'm being dragged along on one knee. My knee was an absolute mess. And, uh, and then, so I had a, 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 a bandage, a dressing on my knee. I couldn't really run outside the next day, but you know, typical me, no, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. It'll be cool. So I went on the, the, um, the, the treadmill at the gym. This is the next day. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm running on the treadmill. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm feeling pretty, pretty hard, pretty tough. You know what I mean? Because it's like the man's on the treadmill. Clearly, he's got an issue going on down there. You know what I mean? Clearly, he's, he's, he's wounded. He's a wounded soldier. But you know what? He's on that treadmill. He's not letting anything get him down. He's not letting anything hold him back. He's just running. And, and then I suddenly felt something cold, which had been warm. And I looked down, and the dressing, the huge dressing that had been on my leg was no longer on my leg. It fell off my leg. And as I discovered, as you can imagine, the dressing fell off my leg. It hit the treadmill and fired at speed into the middle of the rock-hard abs class that were going on behind me. So I jumped off the, the platform and I was tiptoeing through the lycra-clad women speaking in tongues and went and retrieved the dressing. The point that I want to make is really that my knee took a long time to heal and I couldn't understand why I was doing everything right and my knee wouldn't heal. And it was after a while that I discovered that there was a piece of grit still in the knee. You see, the knee couldn't heal because of that small piece of grit. 
My heart won't heal if there is the grit of unforgiveness in it. That's why God can bind our wounds. But if you bind a wound and you haven't removed the grit, infection will break out. Forgiveness is a decision and a lot of hard work. Let me say that again. Forgiveness is a decision and a lot of hard work. I do think that, that sometimes, you know, as we Christians, we just think we, you know, we pray a prayer of forgiveness and then, uh, you know, it's hallelujah, it's all gone. Mm-mm. No, it takes time. It takes, so it takes a moment to forgive and it takes a long time to reaffirm and reaffirm the decision that you have made. See, I know that God has the capacity to forget. We don't. And sometimes people get confused because they can say, well, I've forgiven, but I still remember. Of course you remember. God forgets. You remember. The point is the test of my forgiveness is what goes on in my mind when those things are called to remembrance. Do I relive it? Or does that memory show me how much I've moved on? Does that memory show me, you know what? I don't feel that way anymore. I don't think that way anymore. See, a leader with a wounded heart is a dangerous thing. Because ultimately, they will lead from the pain. See, Psalm 19 verse 14 says that, May these words, may, may these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. There's that prayer of the psalmist who's saying, may, may the things that come out of my mouth, may the things that go through my mind be pleasing in your sight. That word meditation there, you know it's about, it's about musing. But you know an interesting thing about that word contained within it is resounding music. I found that interesting. What, what is the music of my heart? What is the sound that is flowing from me? What kind of music does your heart play? And is it pleasing to God? No wonder then, like David, sometimes we have to pray, create in me a clean heart, oh God. And renew a right spirit within me. See, what David's prayer shows me is that I have the capacity for my heart to get in the wrong place. I I have the capacity for my spirit to get out of kilter. But I can pray, oh God, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Job 11, he said this, said, said this, says this, surrender your heart to God. Turn to Him in prayer. It's about surrendering your heart. The key to a right heart is to surrender your heart. Is there any stuff that you're fighting God over? Is there any stuff that you know, you know that is challenging you about? 
you know that I need to be on that. And you're fighting. I'm not saying you're intending to fight, but you know, maybe you've got all these excuses and all these reasons. But surrender means, God, I give in. I'm, I'm not fighting you anymore. I'm doing it your way. Whatever you want me to do, I'm laying it down. I'm laying down my will. I'm laying down my fight. I'm laying down what I want. And I am aligning my heart with yours. You see, when I surrender my heart to Jesus, it opens me up for healing and change. I think too many of us, we're too busy trying to change ourselves. Too busy trying to sort ourselves out. Let me tell you something. If you could have sorted you out, you'd have done it by now. The stuff to do with me, I cannot change on my own. I can't get it sorted. This stuff that goes through my mind, this stuff that's in my heart, that, you know, sometimes I'm surprised at. I don't want it there. I, I don't know how it got there. I don't know why I think some of those things sometimes. I don't know why those things go through my mind, but I know a God who can help me overcome. I know a God who can change me. I know there are things that I don't think like that anymore. Can anyone say in here today, you know, I I look back on my life and I used to think that way. I used to believe that, but now this is what I believe. Now I know that God has done a great work in my heart and in my life. Can anyone celebrate that this morning? They are celebrating what God has done in their heart and life. He is good. He is awesome. And that journey never ends. That journey never ends. You know, we don't qualify. We don't graduate. We never wake up one morning and we say, well, you know what? All that stuff of God doing in people's heart, that's for the young people. In fact, it's my experience that the longer you're on the road and the closer you get to Jesus, there's more stuff that needs sorting out. I see... I seem to get away with a lot more when I was younger and perhaps further from God. But now God says, you know, the standard's different. We have to align our heart with God. And I was thinking, I was thinking about that scripture. We don't need to turn to it, but you can find it in John 13. And I was just meditating upon uh, that verse that described how the disciple, John, laid his head on Jesus' chest. And I found myself meditating on the fact that Jesus' heart beating in his chest would have been audible to John. I, 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 you know, I, I think that's amazing that God had, God put a physical heart in Jesus that, 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 that pumped and and John was hearing that heartbeat. I think we'd have to say that if you need, if you're going to hear the heartbeat of God, you're going to have to get close. But Jesus, sorry, John, hearing that heartbeat, I believe something, there was something happened. It's, it's well documented, the closeness of, of, of John and, and, and Jesus. Do you know, there's, there's, there's some scientific evidence to suggest that our hearts synchronize when we are deeply in love with someone. 
our hearts synchronized with the person we are deeply in love with. There's a thought. There's a thought. And I was just thinking about what it would look like if our heart synchronized with the heartbeat of God. In Acts 13, verse 22, says this, that after removing Saul, he made David their king. And God testified. How many know if God's testifying? Woo! God testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. God's testifying. God's stepping up and saying, I just want to bring a testimony. I just want you to take a note of my boy, my boy David here. I want you to take note because he's a man after my own heart. I mean, like, you know, you can have anybody say anything nice about you. But if God's stepping up and saying, hey, have you taken notice of my boy David? His heart is after my heart. I just wonder what it would look like for this church. David's heart was synchronized with God's heart. I wonder what it would look like if God could say of us, I have found this church to be after my own heart. And they will do everything I want them to do. I find that there's an interesting link there between God talking about a heart that is after his and a willingness to do what is necessary. There's a willingness to do what is necessary. There's a servant heart. God, the measure of David having a heart after God was that he was willing to do whatever he was asked to do. There is, there is, in that servant heart, God, God is looking for that. If you, if you want to have a heart that's after God, then you, you have to be serving. And not just because of serving, because you want to position yourself, or you want to be popular, or you want everyone to think you're good. You serve from a heart that says, I want to serve. Because that's the heart of God. And then I was also thinking about the very heart, the the very heartbeat of God, and, and uh, it led me to just think about the way a heart works. Now, in very, very simple terms, because I'm a very, very simple man, uh, but you know, a little bit of a, a biology lesson is that the heart receives. It receives, it receives the blood that has been around the body, uh, and it's been taken Oxygen, it's been taking nutrients around the body, and then the heart receives it. And when it's received it, it then pumps it into the lungs. And then when the lungs receive the blood, it reoxygenates re it, and the good, refreshed, revived, Rejuvenated blood is then pumped, sent out into the body again, promoting health and life. The heart is essentially a powerful 
receiving and sending units. And I was just thinking about what a great picture of church that is. What a great picture of church that is. And it receives at two levels. It, the, heart, the, 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 the heart of church receives, it receives the lost and lonely. That's why the very nature of church is that it must receive. And it's receiving, actually, it receives that which is used and that which is spent. It re- that's, what, that's what the heart receives. It receives the lost and the lonely. The church receives those who are tired and spent from impacting the world. And then I was thinking about the lungs. Because essentially what the lungs do is they, 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 they remove all uh, excess um, carbon dioxide and they, they pump it full of, of, of life-giving of oxygen. And I, was, and I was just thinking about that process that, that before, before it can be pumped out into the body, there's got to be this exchange. And I was thinking about the divine exchange that happens in praise and worship as we gather and we listen to the word, as we gather uh, uh, and we speak uh, the, the word of God and we hear the word of God. In this environment, we come in, the church receives, you spend, you, you, have, you have given out, and, and yet in, in this environment, there is a reviving and a rejuvenating of the, we, the, the, the divine exchange that takes place. I was, just, I was just thinking, I don't know whether you remember that um, old hymn. Breathe on me, breath of God. Fill me with life anew. That I may love as thou hast loved and do. Thou wouldst do. Do you know it? Do you know it? Breathe on me, breath of God. Fill me with life anew. That I might love as Thou dost love and do. As we, well, as we gather in this place, God revives us. He rejuvenates us. He makes us like new so that we can go out. We're then pumped out into the world, revived, rejuvenated to go and bring health and healing to the world. Another thought I had, my daughter Bethany, uh, they, they, they uh, were married. I was thinking, was they, did they get married in 2009? Where's Jesse? Did you get, was it 2009? That's great. Thank God you remembered. <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, yeah, so we, uh, we, the thing was, you know, like, when you, first time, first time I've been father of the bride, and, uh, you know, a lot of fathers of the bride get stressed about bringing the, the father of the bride um, speech. And uh, I, to, to be fair, I wasn't that stressed about that. I mean, you know, I, I, I speak a little bit, you know. So that wasn't, that wasn't, like, my pressure. What was the pressure was the, the stress of the dad and daughter dance. Right. Now, that was real pressure. 
Because my daughter Bethany, who is a dancer, a really good dancer, and to be fair, I am also a really good dancer in my own head. And the, the only thing is that Bethany is like, she was like really stressed that I was going to be not dancing in time. It's not been easy, people. <laughs> it's not been easy when, you know, you're, you're dancing, you know, you're just, and, and your daughter comes up to you and says, oh, dad, you're so white. Oh. I feel that's offensive. <laughs> and, you know, I think that, that you know, um, it's, you know, and, and I think you should pray for me. Being a minority in my own home, <laughs> I feel that you should pray for me because apparently everybody else has got rhythm. And uh, so anyway, but the point that I want to make, we talk, don't we? We talk about people having rhythm, about whether they have rhythm or whether they don't have rhythm. But I just want to suggest that we, we all have rhythm because God has put rhythm in us. If we, if we listen, well, actually, we can't listen because although there is rhythm going on in the room right now, it's inaudible to the human ear, the rhythm of our hearts. So to help us, just help me, guys, with, if you would, heartbeat. And I was just thinking about Jesus' heart. I'm thinking about the heartbeat of God. And I was thinking about the fact that God's got rhythm and that God put rhythm in the universe. There's a rhythm. We live to rhythm. We live according to His heart. Spring, summer, Autumn, winter, night, day, dusk, dawn, sleep, eat, work, repeat, sleep, eat, work, repeat. God put his rhythm in the universe and put his rhythm in us. That, that, that rhythm, that sound is the evidence of life. In fact, that, that has been in you since you were about a five-week-old fetus. That, that beat, that rhythm, as before, before everything else was formed, that, that little fetus produced that rhythm, that beat. That sound in your chest is proof that God has a plan for your life. That sound in your chest is proof but God has still got stuff to do in you and stuff to do with you. That sound is proof that it's not over. That sound is proof that there is still time. See, my life only works properly when I live in rhythm with God's heart. And what I was thinking was that the cross gives me the chance to reset the rhythm of my life to God's heartbeat. If I get out of sync with God, if I get out of sync with His heart, my life does not work. But the cross 
resets the rhythm of my life to the heartbeat of God. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. And when my life is set to his heartbeat, I can walk in a different way. You see, I don't get saved alone. When I get saved, I get saved with other people. And the same God who touches them, who impacts them, is the same God who touches me and impacts me. And I join an army of people who have been impacted by God. And I was thinking about the fact that, that when, I, when I reset my life to the heartbeat of God, then I walk in a different way. Left, right. Right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right. I walk in a different way as part of an army of believers marching to God's heartbeat. You can turn it off now for me. Thank you. That sound is a sound that is not audibly heard. But I believe in the spirit realm, it is heard. There's an army rising up, an army of believers, an army of people carrying the heartbeat of God into communities. The, the army of God building bridges and tearing down strongholds. I was thinking about the silent march the silent march of those who marched around Jericho. That sound, that, those walking to the heartbeat of God. There is a sound of the people rising up and the walls coming down. There is a sound to which breakthrough comes. It's not audible to the human ear, but in the spirit realm, when we move to the rhythm of God, when we move to the heartbeat of God, breakthrough comes. We, we, we walk in unison of heart because there's something more powerful than just physically walking in step. There's something more powerful than just walking in time. There's a, it's our hearts united and unified. It's the heart that changes the world. That's the sound that I believe that can go into communities around this city carrying the heartbeat of God. It's that sound that can go into cities north of here carrying the heartbeat of God. Carrying a sound that is inaudible to the human ear, but is powerful in the heavenly realm. And that will that sound is the sound of people rising up and walls coming down. Walls coming down. Things that have stood in the way are going to fall in the name of Jesus. It is the sound that changes the world. Oh, come on, if you believe it, give the Lord a clap offering this morning. How many of us believe that God's heart beats for this city? That God's heart beats for this nation? It beats for you and it beats for me. God's heart beats for your neighbor. God's heart beats for your family. God's heart beats for those you work with. That is 
the heart of God. God, God hearts, heart beats for, for a generation to rise up and make a difference yeah. in the world. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence has sung it uh, uh, on a Vision Sunday a while ago about, about creativity rising up, about songwriters and filmmakers and poets and, and actors and, and, and builders and whatever you want to say. But, but, but a spirit, these, these, these are the tools that God is going to help us to reach the world. These are the tools that God is going to help us to engage with the world so that this blood, this, this pool of creativity, this, this pool of, of, of people who have been touched by God, broken people, but God has healed them. That the God has given us a new heart. He has removed our heart of stone and he has given us a heart of flesh. God is taking this community out as life's blood into the, other, into the communities uh, in this city and beyond. And we're bringing hope and we're bringing healing and we're bringing breakthrough. Do you believe it this morning? Do you believe it this morning? And the same God who sends people to cities is the same God who might send you to your family. Or send you to your son, or, or send you to your office, or send you to your working environment. It's the same God. Don't, don't be, all we, all we need to do is whatever he asks us to do. To be someone after the heart of God. Just do what he asks you to do. In the closing moments here, I wonder if you will pray with me. And there are some things along these lines that I want to just pray into. I felt that I didn't want to just come today and, 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 and speak about the heart without praying for people's hearts. And what I mean is their physical hearts right now. We're going to go into some other areas. I just felt compelled that to pray for people whose physical heart is not responding in the way it should. And I felt particularly to pray, you know, at the end of the day, it's about faith and it doesn't matter, but I felt particularly to pray where the rhythm was incorrect or there was an extra beat or your heart isn't quite beating in the right way. I just want to say that I believe that one of the things that God wants to do with us over these weeks is to revive in us a passion and a heart for miracles. He wants to open our mind and open our understanding that He is the God of miracles. He is the God of miracles. And I want to pray right now, wherever you are, if you know that you have a heart condition, or I want to pray for you. You might want to stand. You might want to just put your hand on your heart. But I want to pray. Let's believe together. In the name of Jesus, Father, according to your prompting. I pray for these people right now in the name of Jesus. I pray for those who are battling conditions of the heart. I pray for those whose rhythm is out of sync and out of kilter. I pray for those who maybe have an extra heartbeat. I pray for those who are experiencing high blood pressure or low blood pressure. In the name of Jesus Christ, we speak healing. I pray, Lord God, that you will do something that will confound the doctors. I pray that these people will turn up for their tests 
and the doctors won't be able to understand it. They will look at them and they will look at the notes and they will look at the notes and they will look at them and they will say, I don't understand it. But this is not your condition anymore. This does not exist anymore. Your heart is normal. Your heart is responding appropriately. Your heart is responding in the right way. I speak healing right now into your heart, into every vessel, into every chamber into every archery, into every vein, in the name of Jesus. People with circulation problems, in the name of Jesus Christ, we bind, we bind every sickness, we bind every restricting element, and we speak freedom in the name of Jesus. Freedom in the name of Jesus. God, we unashamedly ask you for miracles in this place this morning, in the name of Jesus. If you're still being prayed for, just keep being prayed for. It's no worries. I want to pray for people. As we've heard, God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. I just, I, if you've come here today and you've got a broken heart, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you've just learned to mask a broken heart. People who've just learned to hide a broken heart behind a smile. God is a healer of broken hearts. Will you let him cleanse that heart? Will you let him bring healing? Will you allow the grit of unforgiveness to be removed so that true healing can come? God, I ask you this morning to heal the broken heart and to bind up all their wounds. Maybe you're here and there's something in you that cries out as David cried out, create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. God does not want you coming to church just watching other people get blessed. Does not, God does not want you coming to church. Just looking on and seeing other people touched by God and touching God. And you just being a spectator week in, week out, month in, month out. Maybe you can remember a time when you look back on your life and you really were someone who was walking closely with God. You were someone who felt close to God, but the truth is with the passing of time and some stuff that has happened, your heart has grown cold and you feel distant. I want you to know that the God who heard David's prayer, creating me a clean heart, and renew a right spirit within me. Here's your heart today. Here's your cry today. Maybe it's not a sudden thing. Maybe it's not just a what's it, you know, a quick prayer. It's all done and dusted. But let's believe over these next weeks that, uh, that you will not finish these four weeks like you started it. That God is going to do something deep inside of you. And God is going to create a new heart. My God, I don't need a patch-up job. I don't need something just that, that's just a cover-up job. I need a new heart. I need you to renew a right spirit within me. Cleanse me, oh God. And make me new. And then finally, 
As I've said already today, the cross gives me the chance to reset the rhythm of my life to the heartbeat of God. I want to talk to you today if you don't know Jesus. I want to talk to you today if you're on a journey and you've been sussing this out and you've been wondering and you're not sure and you know there's something here and you're not quite sure what it is and but you're never going to understand this side of the line. There's something that's got to happen. You've got to cross over the line and you've got to say, Jesus, I come to the cross. I let you into my heart. I give you my heart. I give you permission to do what you need to do. Reset the rhythm of my life to your heartbeat. Reset the rhythm of my life to your heartbeat. Jesus Christ died on a cross more than 2,000 years ago to rid you of every single sin, everything that would produce guilt and shame in your life. Jesus died on a cross to set you free so that sin would no longer be your master. So that you would know how to walk free. To walk the walk of the redeemed. To walk the march of those whose lives have been set to the heartbeat of God. Left, right, left, right, left, right. There is something in you that says, my God, I need something more. I am tired of living life the way I've been, tired. I've, 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 I've been trying to live it. I'm tired of trying to make it all work. I am stopping fighting. I am surrendering my heart to you, and I am giving my life to you. Jesus, I give you my heart. Come into my life. Set me free. I believe that you are the one who will give me hope and a future. In the closing moments of this meeting today, if you are in this place and you don't know Jesus or you know that you need this morning to recommit your life to Him, in just one moment, I'm going to give you the opportunity to respond. All you have to do is to raise your hand. When you raise your hand, someone will put a card in it. When you receive that card, you can put that hand down. No one's going to embarrass you. No one's going to make you do anything you don't want to do. We just want to give you the opportunity in this moment, in this atmosphere, saying, Jesus, yes, I surrender. I'm stopping fighting. I give you my heart. Come into my life. If that's you right now, then I'm asking you in this moment to slip up your hand now in the name of the Lord. Just put your hand up right now, wherever you are in this room. Right now in the name of Jesus. Slip up your hand. God bless you at the back. It's a bit difficult for me to see. It's good to see that people are responding. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Anybody else? Don't miss the moment. Don't miss the moment. Don't miss the moment. Father, we thank you. We thank you for people saying yes to Jesus. We say thank you for people who are surrendering their heart and their lives to you. I can't see how many have responded. I know someone has, but let's pray together because all heaven rejoices even if there's only one who's responded. Say with me, Lord Jesus Christ, 
particularly if you're holding onto a card right now, say it like you mean it. Lord Jesus Christ, let's say it again. Lord Jesus Christ, come into my heart today. I am sorry for everything I've done wrong. I turn away from those things and I give my life to you. All that I have, all that I am. And I trust you with my heart and I trust you with the rest of my life in Jesus' name. Father, we say thank you. We say thank you. Father, we want to believe together. We want to believe together. Lord, Father, we're going to see people find Jesus. Father, we pray, Lord, that you would help us as a community to be bold enough and brave enough to invite some people into this atmosphere so they will hear the truth of the Word of God and they will say yes to Jesus Christ. We ask you, O oh God, as you have brought us into a more spacious place naturally, that you will also bring us into a more spacious place spiritually. That, Father, everything that would seek to restrict us, hem us in or hold us back will be broken now in the name of Jesus. And that, Father, we as your people will rise up and see, God, you do something which is utterly amazing and for which you alone can get the glory. We thank you for people saying yes today. And we are believing for so much more in the name of Jesus. And if you agree with me, come on, let's give the Lord a clap offering. God bless you. How good is that? Come on, let's show our appreciation to Pastor Malcolm. What a great word. I invite you to stand, church. So thrilled about people responding to Jesus in this place. If you're a parent of kids in, with kids in crash, we're going to release you, parents, if you want to go to get your kids from crash right now. So you can go if you need to collect them. If you have got a card in your hand, if you responded to that last thing about receiving Jesus Christ into your life, we're thrilled you've made that decision. Over to my right, we've got this lovely living room arrangement, and we'd love to connect with you, pray with you, give you a gift of a Bible. Maybe you didn't put your hand up, but you wanted to pray, or maybe you had some more questions and wanted to find out more, then we'd love, love to connect with you. You know, Pastor talked about quite a few things that maybe were pertinent, maybe about healing, maybe about emotional healing. And we've got our service pastors, and they're actually in each section wearing red badges. So just at the end of your row, you'll find someone to pray with. Listen, we are family. Home is where the heart is. Don't leave here. Don't, if you need to pray something through, why wait? Connect with somebody. Ask, would you pray with me? We don't care how long you've been coming to the church. How We don't, we don't care about any of that. We just want to pray with you. It would be our joy. Can I have the privilege of praying a blessing over you? Church continues in the atrium afterwards, which is cool. Father, this is my heart. I pray a blessing, God, of malleable hearts. I pray a blessing, Lord, that would grace us in such a way. I pray for this community, the kind of grace, the kind of environment, Lord God, where we find ourselves opening up to you. Lord, I pray for every person, Father God, in this place that they would have a deep revelation of how much you love them. Fresh revelation of grace. Fresh revelation of your love. In Jesus' name.